Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Uh, sorry for this happy hump day. Sorry for the delay. Um, Not me. I was doing other stuff. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to point out as a, somebody. I was going to keep it. I was going to keep it secret. Know, Ross, but since hashtag you're blame you know, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I was it's his fault, damn it. I was working with elite prospects, and I had to bail on them. So Okay. Uh, so we will start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. All right. So Anthony and I will be interested in this. So Theo Webstein, let's talk about him for a minute. It's interesting because both the Phillies and the Mets would love to get him. In the old days, and that's I'm going to phrase this, in the old days when a guy would come out and say, I'm not interested in either one of those teams, I think you always could give him money and, and get him there. I don't think either organization can get Theo Epstein there because I really don't think he wants that. It does seem like he wants to be more of an owner or a commissioner or some sort of special position. I don't think he wants to be a GM anymore. And he has so much money from the Cubs that I don't think either one of our teams have a chance at him, man. Uh, I, again, I, I, it's not. there's nothing wrong with, with talking and sure. seeing what his interest would be. But, yeah, I, yeah, you do have to wonder with Epstein whether or not it's just, you know, I've I, I, I climbed two massive mountains and helped two major organizations get over the top in terms of the Red Sox and the Cubs. Right. It's a long-suffering. So – and I've helped to build those teams to that point. Do I want to do this a third time? It's not like you have to, as an executive, you have anything to prove at this point. There's nothing right. really left to prove. So, yeah, in that respect, if, if ownership is something that he's more interested in or some sort of higher position in Major League Baseball of some kind, which has great influence, I mean, listen, there's always the possibility. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say commissioner in this case because whatever the situation is with Manfred, but um, – I look at it. I mean, I don't know about you. I would look at, at Epstein and say, I think he could probably do a better job than Rob Ramsey. I'm certain he could do a better job. <laughs> a train team of monkeys can do a better job than yeah. Rob Manfred's doing right now. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting. Maybe he decides he wants to take a completely different task in life or, 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 or path in life. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and do something different as possible. I'd I'd love to see him GM the Phillies. He fits what, according to Jason Stark, they're looking for in in their next executive. They want somebody with a lot of experience. The yeah. the the quote was the a Joe a Joe Girardi equivalent. Um. But I don't know if necessarily if they're going to get that in this circumstance. And what and, and I would have put my money on immediate reaction would have been when he left Chicago was the Mets to me. Yeah. Initially, I, I thought he was he, he was it was it was it was he was and on he a plane to talk to Cohen and get things done. Yeah, he didn't come out and say it, but it's coming out through sources. And I think if it's coming out through sources, I don't think he's really trying to bargain up the position. I think when it's coming out through sources, like that's just how he feels. And he's just it could very well just be also a case where he may just you know it's it, we we all know in man what in sports management it you it, it, that you don't really have much of a break. Well, yeah, I, 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 I got tired of going to a, a ballpark that smells like urine too. I mean, let's be real. I thought it was, I thought it was curious timing that uh, that it came out that the the Mets had requested permission to talk to the GM of the Indians, Chernoff. Yeah. At the same time that uh, that uh, that Epstein had had come loose, that 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 was pretty pretty peculiar but I, I did some digging on the churnoff thing and yeah. actually working on it in an article because i don't know much about him but i have friends in cleveland he's getting a lot of credit for their good drafting and for their pitching staff post mickey calloway who was their guru of pitchers but a horrendous manager i can't say that enough for the mets um looked like he lost every little thing he knew about pitching during his time with the Mets, it's tough but when you got it's, it's tough when you got to multitask, isn't it? Yes, it's tough <laughs> when you multitask. That's a great way to put it. And but again, I think there is something there. I do have to wonder why would the Indians let him take a lateral move like that? But again, they just seem to be letting everybody go. So I don't know. Well, what their economics are whatever their situation yeah. is in Cleveland, which probably ain't great. Well, I, the other thing against Chernoff is that a lot of those pitchers were drafted by the current president and GM of the Blue Jays. I can't think of Mark um, um, Shapiro. Yeah, Shapiro. Um, but again, you say Mark Shapiro's name in Cleveland and they'll beat you right. down. They, they don't like him at all. Of course they don't because he bailed. And uh, But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean – Every report coming out says Epstein is, you know, as part of any kind of agreement wants 
a percentage. I, I don't think any. I don't think. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, Cohen is going to give him. He's not giving a percentage, right? And I don't think the Phillies owner already got a partner in New York City. Like he's not doing another one, right? Exactly. So I mean. You know, and if he doesn't need the money, I mean, he'll just wait for a certain. You know, uh, again, I do wonder whether or not, with the Phillies, whether or not it just depends on John Middleton's cigar sales and how that's right. going right now. He might want to bring him in. Right. <laughs> that's a good point. Are they yeah. Swisher Sweets or uh, Tipperillos or what kind of cigars? No, are they? I'm not sure. I got to check to see what Actually, they're the Philly ones thing. with the little white tip. Oh, oh, oh God. God. <laughs> God. The Philly blunts. Those, yeah. those, those give you a stomachache. Every time you played poker and you smoked one of those things, you were ready to puke. I never think, all one I can think of is they got a bunch of uncle, a bunch of uncles uh, around the table. You know, with, with I got those, three you know, nines. Yeah. Somebody get me a stogie. I never smoked <laughs> any of those. I tried my grandfather's cigar once and almost died. Uh, can I we have a Miller High Life, please? Smoking ain't my thing, man. Actually, my grandfather would drink old Milwaukee just to get it right. Oh, oh Milwaukee. Well, not Milwaukee's best, thankfully. No, no, it was old Obese. Milwaukee. <laughs> they called it Milwaukee's best. Well, remember, Miller like was Schlitz in my family. Miller yeah. was the champagne of beers, and old Milwaukee was the champagne of beers. Yeah. Actually, so Michael Cohen's right. <laughs> when he says all Cohen's are related, it's really true. If you go back, the DNA is actually related like it is. That's actually a freaky thing, but it's true. So when he was so when Cohen dies, you're going to be asking. No, for I won't that. get anything. I'll get one one millionth trillionth billionth of his money. <laughs> All right, a wooden nickel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hockey world. Today is Wednesday, November eighteenth, twenty twenty. I'm Anthony Mangione, and welcome to the Off the Post Radio edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. <laughs> Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. All right, let's start with the with the latest news. Uh, after the show yesterday came out that, um, you know, we've been hearing about the January first start date. Obviously, we've been we've been discussing the the fact that, you know, the owners are going to be looking for. Well, we thought prorated salaries based on the shorter schedule, and Gary Bettman had come out and kept saying 82, 82, 82 until the last possible moment. And then we knew um, it came out yesterday and early this morning that they're looking around a 60-game schedule from January to maybe mid-May, a two-month playoff, and getting the playoffs done by July 15th so they don't uh, contrast with the Olympics on NBC. So – that's all fine and good. The problem is, is that with a 60 game schedule and likely the season starting without fans in the stands that the NHL is going to take a bath financially. And they came out, it's come out this morning that what they're looking for is to defer more than the 10% uh, salary uh, from next year to defer more to go uh, to move that forward maybe two or three years so they don't have to pay right away when the revenues are way down. Um, I want to get everybody's thought on that uh, first before we go forward. Anthony, what, what do you think of that proposal? It's, and I said this to you before the show, this just has a, and I will borrow, I'll borrow a phrase that our esteemed co-host Jan Levine used, which it has this whiff of, I don't like the situation. Uh, I'm going to take my toys and and take them home. Uh, to me, it reads as a bad faith arrangement. I get the realism of the moment, but when you made this agreement initially, if if I'm if I'm on the opposite side of the table, that's how it reads to me. That this was basically to me, it feels like it's what was agreed to is just basically being chucked. Now again, deferral is not as bad, uh, is not quite as bad, but still, it's going to be a battle negotiating point yeah. what i don't the language though of canceling the season is something that i really begins to that that I, I i'm okay with negotiation but when you're already potentially leaking it out there of a, a of the nuclear option yeah but who's leaking that out there though that's, that's the question. question i mean that's the question we I mean, don't know what we have from nick from nick kiprios what he posted Right. Again, he, he has his connections. Yes. I'm sure he does. Out of, and, and the question is, again, some, and he used the phrase some, yeah. Yeah. are discussing that, which means that tells me that it's not, certainly not 
a majority of owners. No, no, no. And you that's know, the key thing to me. But who said that? How much influence that small group might have is something that I need to that we that has to kind of be discussed. Well, Russ, Larry Brooks broke the story yesterday in the New York Post, and he was on Hockey Central this morning and was discussing this. And you know, he said that really. This is like uh, close to what Anthony said. This is sort of in bad faith because this was sort of cooked in the books that that they you know they knew that there was a possibility of no fans being in the stands uh, in a shortened season. That's why the players association got it in the in the agreement that there was no prorating of salaries. And you have to go back to July when the deal was made, and you know that at that time. Major League Baseball was talking, you know, that was the whole time when they were negotiating and it was all prorated salaries and they they had a safety net when it came to that. Um, I look at it as if it's deferred, I like I was I was I was expecting them to go to the wall on prorated salaries. Now that that's out of the question, I don't think deferral is such a bad I know it's in bad faith, but I it, I don't see deferral as a bad thing. At least you're getting your money. You don't know that. Deferral is just another way of saying you're not getting it today. It's like wimpy, uh, you know, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday. It's like depending on that guy who you think's paying you on Tuesday, mm -hmm. that's the issue. And so it's not in bad faith. This is just in fancy lawyer term faith. And and I think the players have a right to to raise a flag there and, and, and argue this out. And I think it's going to be argued out. Yeah. a lot. I don't think anybody is going to cancel because I think they all are smart enough to realize that if they cancel, they all lose. And that's just dumb. But I do think that there is going to be a knockdown drag them out fight here for like two weeks. Yeah. Now the, according to the report by uh, Kiprios, there is an NHLPA meeting today. I think at four o'clock, they said between 80 and a hundred players will be on this, uh, this call, this probably it's a zoom call. Now, I'll say this. I, I again, I don't know if if it was Nick or if it was another source that is reporting that the you know the nuclear option is being bandied about. I find it very hard to believe that the NHL will throw it all away. I, I'm I am sure that owners like Eugene Melnick are probably out there saying we're better off not playing the season. Right, you're going to have certain teams that may look at it and say that we'll lose less money if right. we don't play. Priorities, we know that. Right. right. But but I you know Eugene Melnick was interviewed by Bob McCowan a couple days ago and he'd be he would be one of the guys I would think would be very vocal in terms of not playing and he was very restrained in terms of you know what he was saying in terms of you know like any kind of accusatory situation when it came to the players I don't think that he's you know I think Bettman and I said this to Kevin Allen on Friday Bettman has to have all these owners lined up and he always does and i'm sure maybe things will sneak out from somebody trying to uh, affect the players one way or the other but in the end i think bettman has probably got all of his ducks in a row and he'll get it done i i can't honestly i can't see the nuclear option no 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 i i don't think that'll happen i mean again that's just talk and you might get some players like chelios used to be in the old days just basically coming out with bullshit just to try and get a rise out of the owners. There's going to be that from both sides. I mean, right. that, that's normal, but I think in the end, I think it will, they will figure it out. But I also think they are going to see the same way we're looking in the news about these vaccines and they're going to sort of bet against that. And I think that is going to be the ultimate bet. If a vaccine happens and everybody can get it by maybe the middle of February, a lot of people are vaccinated, then they could have fans in that month. And I think owners, even if they don't come out and say it, are probably talking to doctors and their friends and their friends who are doctors and people in you know Canada and everywhere else and getting opinions on that. And I think the players will do the same. And I think they're that's where they're gonna it's gonna be a gamble against that. But I think ultimately the players actually have all the leverage. Yeah, you don't have any leverage here. Hence why you again. Hence why you have it leaked out that they could can't. You know, right? We have the, we have the option of canceling the season. That's their right. only thing they can do. That's yeah. it. Right. And, and you like it. Like I said, I mean, I mean, obviously, if I'm a player and I'm already saying I'm giving you twenty percent escrow, which is a t which is gone, you're not going to get it. 
So you're making you're making and well, actually, it's not twenty percent; it's eighteen percent because it's the it's twenty percent of the ninety remaining, which is a which is so it's they're getting seventy two percent of the a hundred percent of their salary. So now you're probably talking. I think the owners wanted to defer another ten or eleven percent. I think it was it was going to be up to over twenty. Right. So, but okay. I think it's important to point out, like Funky said in the chat room, like Tampa laid off some employees. They laid off 30 employees on the business side, right? Now, if they're going to have a season in a month and a half, why would you do that? Well, that's a clear indicator that they feel like there isn't going to be much business early on. And when they feel like they could have fans back, they'll bring back those people. But now the owners are trying to save on everything. Russ, just have to give you this. Um, Jeff Passan is reporting Robinson Cano failed his PED test. He's suspended for the entire 21 season, and he forfeits his $24 million salary. Fantastic. This is the best news. Yep. You couldn't, you couldn't oh give me my. a better birthday present than this. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's like Hanukkah came early, man. <laughs> Only Russ can celebrate someone losing money through this. Stephen Cohen is going, have I mean, it's just this <laughs> because not only was I against that trade, which again, they still lost assets, but not only was I against that, but the fact that Cano had a little bit of a spike this year in the shortened season. Now you know why. Did make you, did make you raise a little bit of an eyebrow. Wow. Sorry. 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 Yeah, I didn't what, what, that way to go to that Yankees alumni. Yep. <laughs> what do you think? They, what do you think the reason they passed? Oh, out? of course. <laughs> they knew it. They knew it. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, getting So, I mean, we will see how this plays out. Though, like I said, the PA is having a meeting tonight. I, like, I'm I'm not as ominous as – I mean, I've read X uh, update here, and it, it was like, oh, my God. It's like panic in the street. I, I think that they're going to play. I think it's going to get done. I think – you know, I don't think the players – I think the players are not going to say to the owners, to owners, oh, sure, I'll do anything you want. They're going to push back a little bit. But in the end, I think they they know they're getting their money. They're eventually getting there. Maybe, maybe that that means that the, you know the paying back of that ten percent or the twenty percent or whatever it is. You went through that whole thing of your retro jersey rollouts and you're yes. not gonna have, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, let me just get your. From the season it never happened. Here's thirty-one different jerseys. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let me let me uh, get your opinion on that quickly, Anthony, because uh, we all panned the Flyers jersey. Uh, even Eck thought it was trash. Uh, I thought the leaf. Wait, I don't call it trash. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's a. If, if I had to rank it based on some of the ones that I've seen, it's. It's probably somewhere in the low teens. He didn't like the round the shoulders coming back, and I kind of agree. Yeah, it was round. Oh, because, oh, oh the, the, you talk about bringing the the eighties and nineties shoulders yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, that, if that's your issue with it, I mean, that, most of the jerseys. For the Flyers, there's basically been two styles of jerseys. If you're right. going to be going to a quote unquote retro, the wide shoulder was from the '80s and the night was from the '80s and the '90s, and most of the and a, and a percentage and, and a part percentage of the of the 2000s. Yeah. So I had no issue. I, again, I, I kind of, as I saw it my, initially when I first saw it, I was, eh. and then I saw it modeled, and it looked better modeled than when I saw it just hanging on a. Um, on a um, on a hanger, and I think it's okay. It's fine. Again, if I'm ranking, I haven't you know gone to it. The one jersey that really turned me around because I hadn't seen the whole thing to me was the was the was the reverse Nordiques. I thought the thing was going to be a train. I thought I thought for a second that thing was going to be a train wreck, and now I look at it, the color scheme just especially because they went white with it. Yeah, had they gone maroon, I would have been a real you know. Well, I mean, yeah. Russ and Russ and I were of the opinion that okay, Colorado and Carolina really just robbed the previous organizations of their jerseys, and that's like okay, they didn't do a throwback Carolina Hurricanes right. jersey; they did a Hartford Whaler jersey. Right. And, and right. I mean, Hartford had, had already. I mean, listen, Carolina had already been doing that already with the Whale. right. Exactly. So. so, I mean, it's so. I mean, everybody who wants a 
it wants a Nordiques jersey who could get it. Now we'll just get my this. Question, my question would be this: Is that you know Hartford? I mean, Carolina still has some elements of of a Hartford connection still within the organization. Am I correct? It's not completely cleared of. I mean, Forslund came down with them. Carmano, Carmano, yeah, obviously. The result is yet. I think Carmanos is still a minority. There's some sort of a thin thread yeah. with, the, with, with with Hartford. So I'm wondering again with Colorado that there's some thin threads with Quebec still there. Sackick Sackick started in Quebec. Yeah, ex- right. I mean, there's again, there's some threads there. So, but again, I I I agree. This is you know the the line from Die Hard. You know, yeah. this thin, no, probably nothing. Right. Uh, <laughs> And, and and my 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 point of view on the Maple Leaf jersey was the fact that you could see the emblem if you were standing on Neptune. That's how big it is. It is a massive. It has a feeling when I saw that one. It actually to me, yeah, it looked ridiculous. like it was one of those Stadium Series jerseys where they yes. make sure the numbers and the logos you could see from the top of the stadium. So right. the Maple Leaf jersey, I didn't mind too much. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice. one that I thought was. The Red Wings, sorry, Funky. I don't know what the hell the Red Wings were doing with that one. Literally, <laughs> I don't either. I mean, what is that? A little C? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if that was a little C. You know, little Caesars logo. It looks like a, P- a jersey on a pizza box. I yeah, said yeah. I thought it looked like underoos. Yeah, I mean, it was just not a good idea. There were so many other things you could have gone with the striped Detroit block letter thing they did in '92. That's, that's, what, they, that's what I said they should do. The Islanders yeah. one was yeah. was pretty bad. The Canucks was yeah. terrible. The, Duck, the Ducks was just like. Listen, if you're going to go all in with a 90s extreme, you know, look, the Ducks pretty much are able to do that. The Coyotes one, I, you know what? Uh, uh, you're gonna if you're gonna fly your freak flag as an organization, that's that's the only thing that could have been more than that would have been if the Dallas Stars whipped out the Mooneris jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought the I thought the Sabers one was hit. Oh, and another thing, what the hell were the Jets thinking with that uni with the gray and the blue? I didn't you think it was that. Gone I didn't think there. it was that bad. I, didn't I think, think it was it's very. It, it, to me, it's it's so at to me that thing was so average. I didn't. You could have gone honestly with the blue. And then a little bit of, a, of an ice blue, light blue, that color combination would have worked really well thematically, I think, for for, for Winnipeg, but also a little bit of a, of, of, of a Thrasher's thing to it as well. And, and, and I would have acknowledged it. To me, the gray and the blue doesn't doesn't do it for me. So, and, and by the way, Funky, just in honor of me, apparently, the Leafs jersey, the boar, they're light gray. They're not white. They're definitely they're definitely going light gray. Because when I yeah. saw the picture of it, I thought it was just a light thing that looked like it was white. But they are going. Mike knows the gray. That 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 makes me kind of that knocks it down. But is it gray G R A Y or gray G R E Y? Uh, E Y. Anyway, all right. Uh, <laughs> so, so the other yeah, my favorite TV show is Gray's Anatomy. Now, uh. Uh, no, not, not really. Believe me, never watched that show. Um, okay, um, the other big too late. It's out there now. Everybody oh. will misinterpret. No, no, Mike's a big equalizer guy. Aunt. Nothing's better than. Oh, that. I know, I know. Edward Woodward, I got it. Yes. There you go, baby. Uh, <laughs> How I spend my non-leaf watching nights. There you go. I mean, basically, that show is like a gateway for Barnaby Jones. But anyhow, go. No, it was bef- it was after Barnaby Jones. Oh my God! Russ, All right, anyway, the other big Russ news is running out of caffeine right now. He needs more caffeine for his brain right now. It's water, water, water. It's water. <laughs> the other big news of the day was the announcement from the ECHL that six teams will not be playing the 2020-21 season. Uh, it's the entire North Division: Adirondack, which is the Devils affiliate Brampton, which is the uh, the Senators affiliate Maine, which is the Rangers affiliate Reading, Philadelphia, Worcester, the Islanders, and Newfoundland. The uh, the Leafs uh, are all they've all elected to avail themselves of the ECHL's COVID nineteen voluntary suspension policy for the entire season. Okay. So, Russ, uh, I looked at this, and I, of course, I focused on the Leafs because that's who I cover. Um, this is this is not good because. Like for example, they have four goaltenders, um, in their you know probably in their minors. When we don't know what's going to happen with expanded rosters or anything of that nature, but you know Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell are the goalies at the NHL level. They have Aaron Dell, they have Michael Hutchinson, they have two young guys in Joseph Wall and Ian Scott. 
more than likely Ian Scott, since he was out all of last year, would have played in Newfoundland. Right. Now they've got four goalies to play for the Marlies in a shortened schedule. So that's going to hinder their development of their goalies and other players too, because there's going to be more players and they're going to have to circle them in and in out of the lineup. It's it, it's really becoming a big issue now for the GMs and the assistant GMs. Uh, by the way, good congrats to Mob Talk for getting his Rose Apothecary sweatshirt. It's awesome. Uh, anyhow, the issue really is getting tough. Like as an example, like Sean Farrell, a prospect who got drafted by the, uh, Canadians, his college said they weren't playing Harvard, so he went and um, and he went back to uh, Chicago, played for the Steel. Now that makes it much harder for the Steel coach. He has to put Sean Farrell in. He's going to get like three points a game, but that cuts down on playing time for other guys. And so this is going on everywhere. It's going on especially now in Finland, where account from uh, Lassie, who is with. Um, EP Ringside and Elite Prospects said there's 33 players there now. And so recently a a prospect that's in this year's draft wanted to, they wanted to send them there. They got the Barry Colts wanted to send them there, Brant Clark, and they denied it. They said, nope, can't do it. And they were like, well, how about we have him join another team and he loans it? And they're like, nope, we don't want all these loans, just SHL or NHL. And so now, like, how many tiers low are you going to go in Finland looking for ice time where it's better to play than nothing? But this is where everything is at now. And so a lot of players, it's going to affect a lot of players. I feel bad for Reading, and I'll tell you why, because I don't know what year it was. I want to say it was 2005, six. I went to the All-Star game there. It's a nice little city. I've been to concerts there. They really do depend on their hockey there. They like hockey there. Yeah. You gotta remember Jonathan Quick starred there. Right. And I feel bad for that city, and I'm sure these other cities are feeling it too. Well, as part of the article, Anthony, um, uh, the the press release that the Saint that the the Growlers, the Newfoundland, the uh, the ECHL affiliate affiliate of the Leafs, uh, the Leafs agreement with them ends at the end of twenty uh, in May of 2021. They don't know whether that they will affiliate get with them again because the ownership of the Growlers is trying to get ownership of the building, and if they can't get the ownership of the building, then they may not renew in Newfoundland. So everything is up in the air. And obviously, if this if the season had gone as normal and they had revenue coming in, this would probably be not be at the forefront of of the decision making process. But this is a bad thing for all six of these teams who have ECL ECHL teams and players that were to be assigned. Now all these guys uh who don't have affiliations with the with their major league franchise, they're all free agents. And as Russ just said, all these European teams are stocked with players. They have where no. Where do they go? Exactly. Where do they go now? There's only so many. You know, it's it's it. COVID has turned this into roster musical chairs. Yeah. But not. To, but just about for every single hockey league, you know, that exists now. So now everybody's trying to find a spot. Everybody's trying to find an area. Like I, again, we're talking about Reading. Philadelphia has got quite had uh, several prospects playing there right now. They I know goaltending wise, they've got right now Kirillos Demenko is currently playing in Gomel, I think, in the Bel- Bel- in Belarus. Right. Um, uh, uh, Felix Sandstrom is currently playing for Brennis, uh in Sweet in the SHL. So they have those guys there. Whether or not they keep those guys over there, they do have Alex Lyon under contract. Lyon again, we'll see what happens. He would be. You know, for the Flyers, he would be again if the, if the NHL season happens. Then Lyon ends up being if they had carry an extra goaltender, he'll be Philadelphia's number three. But again, I, I do wonder for the AHL as well. I mean, this is for the ECHL, but the AHL is facing the same difficulties too, especially for either because there's such a concentration of teams between Wilkes-Barre and again, I'm going to be very curious to see where things are at at that point for Lehigh Valley, for Wilkes-Barre, uh, for Hershey. Um, any of the New York Carter teams like Utica, uh, Syracuse. Right. Um, that's a pro again, that's a real, real issue. And I, I don't think we've, I think it's the beginning of the wave more than anything. And I don't want to create a panic situation. And certainly yeah. someone like Pat Williams, uh, Patrick Williams from, um, from HL.com uh, and from elite prospects will speak to this much better than me, but right. I'm sure I've had a conversation with him. He has the, he would probably have the same level of concern that, What's happening at the ECL, ECHL is going to be a potential wave go, that we'll see 
even at higher levels. Yeah, and the, remember, the AHL doesn't start until February, and we don't know. I think they said the 40 40 some odd game schedule. So, and we don't know whether fans will be in the buildings. And it might that, be like three yeah. leagues. The thing is, they're so far flung now right. with teams. It's almost like having you're, well, you're probably not going to too much do too much travel until. Well, here's the here's the other issue with the AHL. I mean, let's first let me let me address this. Uh, Mob Talk Radio says um, he's talking about unaffiliated clubs, clubs that are easy, uh, running independently. Um, that they might not make it, pay, you know, without the support of the NHL clubs, whether they will just go belly up. And I mean, that's, that's a possibility. I mean, he's like saying that the, the issue might be like building rent and if they don't have fans coming in. How can they pay them? I mean, these are, these are realistic problems that yeah, these, these are definite problems. I mean, both the AHL and the ECHL, the NHL's big grand goal was always to make to have affiliates and every, each team to have affiliates right. to create a true minor league system of a double A and triple A hockey. And unfortunately, the economics of the situation with COVID right now right. really hurt that uh, possibility. And we may see again, um, realistically, we might at some point here see a, 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 restrict, you know, a, a, a regression in terms of the number of teams that are going to be able to, to run and having Again, going back to the developmental issue of having your players splitting time in another organization, well, you know, it becomes more the the standard versus the uh, the exception. Russ, this might be a precursor of what we see in the American Hockey League because, okay, it, it's generally agreed right now that we're going to probably have to start the season with an all Canadian division. Here's the problem: Toronto, their affiliation is the Marlies. It's in Toronto. Laval for the Canadians. Uh, Belleville for Senators and Manitoba, which is in Winnipeg for the Jets. But then Utica for Vancouver, they're in mm -hmm. New York. Yep. And the, and and Edmonton and Calgary, they're both both of theirs California are California affiliates. Yep. Right. Stop. Northern and California. Hartford for the Rangers is just as problematic in Connecticut. Well, right in terms of state regulation. Yeah. But the thing is, you're talking about crossing the border. So how can they get? players if there's a 14 day uh, uh uh quarantine these teams have already said they're not going to displace their franchises in the american hockey league to so uh to on the vaccine too mike they are i mean that's where the ahl season is probably hanging in the balance of that vaccine as far as having like all the teams there and at least i don't know what a 50 game season or something like right. that's that's hanging in the balance now. Um, you know, Mob Talk Radio said he spoke to an ECHL owner and they're worried about even affiliated franchises. And yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we heard that junior franchises are going to have trouble. Even if everything goes back to normal after this year, there still could be teams that drop out of some of these leagues. It would not shock me. Yeah. Now, a couple of little updates here. Um, I saw a note that uh, uh, Joker at was going to play the Kunlun Red Star KHL, uh, I think it was tonight, um, and apparently numerous players from Kunlun tested positive. So now, now they're the, that's that's the team that's in China, correct? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So they traveled all the way from China. No, they're not playing. Remember, no, 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 they're playing in Mont. No, they they they, they did not have okay, So they didn't even travel. In, I think they, I, I'm going to say that I think they're playing in Moscow. I could I'm not quite sure on that, but I think they're playing. In Russia this season. Oh, yes, you're right. You're right. That's true. Yeah. I forgot that they were that they were uh, they were reloaded. Although in reality, if you think about that, a fin Finland versus China is about as far flung as you get under normal circumstances. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. but 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 just showing that I mean, it's not all rosy over in Europe. I mean, there are you know no. they, the teams have sent players to the first and second level in Finland, in Sweden. Yep. Russia, the Czech Republic, Denmark, you know, the DEL isn't starting. I mean, the um, the World Junior Camp for Sweden, Finland, they were supposed to uh, scrimmage. They canceled all of that. I do want to send condolences to Johnny Red. He said, you know, they did everything right, and four four people and died, and five people got the virus in his family. I had someone pass away in my family, so I, you know, I get it. It's yeah, and it's we're in a bad time right now, and it is affecting sports like the. Yeah. It's and, gotten to the point, sorry, even if you have money, it's still how you do it, and there almost isn't a great way to do it. I think the NFL's showing us that, that it's, there's, it's hard to do. 
And it's even, this is almost like, this is even worse now than it was in the summer because now we're hearing that Pfizer has got the vaccine and Moderna has got the vaccine and we're this close to getting it and people are dying. It's like you yeah. want the, you want the vaccine now because obviously, you know, it could be the, the, the savior for things. I and this be an example. Yeah. So even if you want it now, even if you believe it's going to happen now, uh, there's three dates I saw December like 6th through the 8th that the FDA uh, has pushed aside. And one of those, they're going to talk about possibly pushing ahead the vaccines. And right. so you have to wait just till then just to see if it's going to be worthy or not. So, right. Yeah. And uh, I, saw, I saw some note that like uh, in, in Ontario that they've already got like four, they've already on order have like 4 million vials or 4 million uh, doses of the Pfizer vaccine and 800,000 of the Moderna. Yeah, but they don't know when it's going to be delivered. So it's, right. so, I mean, it's, it's great to say that you got all these numbers, but when are, when is it going to be available? Well, even Pfizer has sort of walked back the, um, keeping it in that sub zero temperature saying that they may be able to come out with one now that doesn't need that right. shortly after. So again, Everybody's trying, but at the end of the day, this has become a very tough landscape right. to figure out in sports. And I think they're just trying to survive. End of the day, everybody's losing. Now, Russ, I saw a, I saw a note that said that more um, more uh, uh, international tournaments were being canceled. I didn't know specifically which ones they were talking about, but the World Junior is still a go at this point. And uh, Germany released their roster for the 2021 World Junior, and surprisingly, Moritz Seider was not on the roster. So there's no real word on this, right? And it's I guess people are trying to find out. It's hard to find out because I guess Germany lost the big soccer game, and nobody feels like picking up the phone today. <laughs> they lost six nothing or something. Apparently, this is a factor, but. Depends on um, who they lost to. If it's like they lost to Cameron. Right now, because he's a soccer guy more than me, I have no clue. Right. But um, that's because I've been digging and that's what I found out. But it does seem like knowing Iserman, that if he's doing that, then he must think Sider's playing this year and going to be in camp and going to play for the Red Wings. Well, so, I, I don't know if that's possible because, remember, he's in the SHL, and the SHL said they weren't going to let those players that they came over they were let, let them go back. Well, that is the thought. Maybe he has a different contract than that. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's their blanket statement, but you do kind of wonder. Uh, I don't think the SHL team would have a problem with him playing in the World Juniors because they let plenty of guys go. Right. So the fact that the Red Wings wouldn't want to go, I'm just giving you one example of sure. maybe maybe there is an out for him, and, and maybe that's what we don't know, and maybe that's what we'll find out. If not, I don't get it either. Yeah, uh, Germany lost to Spain six nothing. That's not a big loss. Yeah, Spain's great though. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so analysis, thank but you. it's a big rivalry. Trust me, Spain versus. I mean, it's a big rivalry, and yeah. it's yeah, that's a big. I can I can understand. Of, that right. was consumed, I'm sure. Yeah, if it was Bosnia Herzegovina, then it might have, then forget it. They might have shut the country down then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, if it was Poland, they'd probably just conquer them again. Um, okay, now, uh, Ross, I was listening to a podcast last night, and they were talking about all the moves in the NBA. I guess the the NBA draft is tonight, correct? It's tonight, yep. Okay. I now, a guy who I think has a chance to go to the 76ers, so follow my yes. Twitter feed. Follow Drop me. that in there, Russ. That's it's right. True. Like, what do you want me to tell you? He's somewhere. He's, he's I know. I know. I'm having fun with you. Calm down. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to talk about it. Fine. No, okay. That's it. One, one. There's the uh, the the um, the James Harden trade rumors um, about him getting traded. You know, he's trying to force his way out of Houston to yeah. go to Brooklyn to go someplace else. He just doesn't doesn't want to be in Houston anymore. Um, suppose supposedly the speculation out there is the reason he wants out of Houston is because the owner was a is a big Trump guy, and he doesn't like his politics. So yeah, and that's hey, you have every right to if you. But, but the thing I is, I don't think that that's probably the reason though. Right, but that's that's what's out there though. That's I know, but I don't think that that's probably real. 
but but he's got like three years left. He's owed almost a hundred million dollars. I think he just wants to win at this point. And and the speculation is he wants to go to Brooklyn because he's buddies with Durant. And uh, but but their talk the talk is now that the Houston unless they get somebody like Kyrie Irving or Kimball Walker or something like that in one of these dra- trades, they're not gonna they're not we gonna trade. Flash. Durant hasn't even played a red hot second. I know. Yeah, he could step foot on the court and. And blow his Achilles, and he's yeah, done. That's it, and it's over. Yeah. Now that there, there was, there I mean, was listen, work. I could walk out that you all of us could walk out the house and then blow our Achilles out. He's got a better chance of doing it than you. Okay. okay. I have the best chance of everybody because I'm, I'm, I'm only really, out of shape right now. Only if you're playing softball. Yeah. Now the other, the other, the other thing is that this Drew Holiday trade. And the reason I'm bringing up, bringing these things up, is because yeah. I'm, I'm so comparing. People are wondering what, what is this off? Is this off the rim? <laughs> I'm bringing this up because, because in talking about the NBA, um, Bill Simmons was talking about how the NBA. It's like, it's not the jersey anymore. It's the player. Mm-hmm. Fans followed LeBron from Cleveland, became Heat fans when he went to Miami, What became Cav fans when he went back to Cleveland, now are Laker fans when he's with the Lakers, and there's no loyalty to the act to the to the laundry, to the to the uniform or to the team. Uh, you know, Drew Holiday uh, gets traded from New Orleans to Milwaukee. Milwaukee trades like the equivalent of five first round picks. They could have traded a first round pick all the way to 2027, apparently in this deal. Now this is, this is the thing. Do people like want this from the NHL? Because the NHL has a cap on how far forward you can trade first round uh, draft picks. I think it's two years. You can't trade any further than two years. The NBA versus the NHL, because again, we get into roster construction, how many players are on roster. Right. In the NBA, there's ways I think that you can, and that's one of the reasons why I don't think draft picks quite have the same level of, of, uh, of weight to it that you do in the NHL or the NFL, uh, because you have to be able to, with with that many roster spots, you have to you have to deal with that. So, uh, in, in the NBA, it's, they they swap picks around like it's you know like like nobody's business. So right. you know, it's not a big deal in that respect. So, yeah. um, no, it's a different animal altogether. I think in a lot of ways, and it's tough. I think for anybody to kind of, I know it's tempting to to, to talk about that as the two major winter sports, but yeah, I think. That's the big difference here in terms of that is that you know you have you have to figure out more spots in that circumstance. And that's now, Russ, I, okay, I and I, I said this before. I think one of the things that we're going to miss out on this year is Henrik Lundqvist coming to Madison Square Garden and twenty thousand Ranger fans giving him a standing ovation. I don't think a sizable portion of Manhattan and Staten Island are going to be come be coming to the building wearing Capitals jerseys. No, I mean, they and that's and that's the difference. Apparently, apparently, like Bill Simmons was talking about, like when LeBron went from Cleveland to Miami, he went to Boston Garden for the first time. Miami was playing the Celtics, and there were a bunch of fans there, and like like in the thousands wearing Heat LeBron jerseys. Right. All right. So I'll, here's the, what I'll say, and there are some fan bases in the NBA that are legit in that they don't do that. Um, most of the time, Lakers, 76ers, Knicks, Knicks are just so downtrodden. I wouldn't blame those fans if they did. Mm-hmm. Celtics. There's some that are like that, that are not like that, right? But there's a larger majority in that sport that are like that and do just follow the players and fans just follow the players. And that's great. Like Anthony said, there's fewer players, so it's easier to do it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, even Adam Silver doesn't like it. And if you notice, he tries to stop it as much as he can, but he can't really stop it because these guys just talk on the side and they basically just have these ultimatums to the team. The GMs, honestly, I mean, and, and, and Anthony may not like this because the Sixers just hired a new GM who's really good, but the role of an NBA GM isn't quite in, in, as impactful as some of these other sports because the players have most of the power. And that's that will not happen in the NHL. And it's not because they're trying to not have it happen. It's because those players don't have real interest in doing it. Sidney Crosby could do it. Every year he could go to a different team if he wants to win a Stanley Cup every year. But he is loyal to the team that drafted him. Not everybody gets to stay with the one team. But you find that in the NHL, more players stay with one team than probably any other sport. Anthony, your GM is really loved in China, by the way. Um, (laughs) But but this is the the thing. 
And it's like, this is where hockey fans are different. Fans of the Sabres, fans of the Leafs, if a player, for example, I'll say Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel gets traded from the Leafs to Pittsburgh. I was at the game. Phil Kessel comes back to Toronto. Now, Phil Kessel wasn't despised in Toronto. He was liked, but he comes back, He and he didn't force the trade to Pittsburgh. He got booed. He got booed the first game he came back. Mm -hmm. Dion Phaneuf was giving a, given a nice ovation, and then it was over with. You, not, by, not by the locker room guy. Right, right, but say say saber players, same thing. Saber, you know, like the, the, there's there's appreciation after you know the first time they give him the scoreboard uh, right. honor, and then he's the enemy. Yeah, that's the, the that's the normal way. And you can't buy a Lundquist Capitals jersey as an example. If you want to, go ahead. Yeah, especially the reverse retro. My God, if you get that, that that that's the <laughs> If I'm getting a Lundquist jersey, yeah. I, I want a screaming red yeah. reverse retro. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't begrudge that, but I'm just saying, me personally, like I never even bought like a Steve or White Sox jersey. Uh, Red Sox, I wouldn't even. Have no, I think it's. Like, I mean, it depends on how beloved the player is. I do think there's there there is a little bit of player loyalty, but I think for the most part, fans will maintain the jersey of the original, of the original player with the team. And that I'm gonna hate Funky for bringing this up, man. Okay, um, Funky. First of all, it's it's booed with a, it's booed with an e. Just to just to because I I am I was a teacher, so it's booed with an e. Uh, second of all, I wasn't at the game. If I was, and I was a fan at that point, I would have booed Matt Sundin, not because he was playing for Vancouver, but because he, he refused to waive the no trade clause and he was a selfish bastard for doing it. So that's, that's the reason I would have booed him. I don't want to waive his trade clause. Hey, I bastard. I wanted to come down to someday Michael Jello needs a kidney transplant. And he finds out that Matt Sundin is willing to give him one. Will he do it? <laughs> Not a chance in hell. He'll say, let that fat bastard in, in Buffalo die. That's what he'll say. <laughs> that's what he'll say, and that's fine. Listen, Matt Sundin was a really good player. Leave him alone. I'm not saying he no, was. No, he will not leave him alone. I'm not he will, not, he will not leave him alone the same way they – He's his Moby Dick the same way that pumpkin spice is yours. But that's not a part of it. <laughs> no, pumpkin spice doesn't have fear. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. And I, by the way, I'm glad that Wawa stopped. At least they knew when I still got three bags. Uh, <laughs> they're in the freezer. Because, honestly, they're getting ready to bring in the Christmas stock. You know that. <laughs> Some that don't do that. Starbucks is now lining them up. They got 15 flavors. Mm. Creme brulee, peppermint. I had one last night, actually. <laughs> of course. All right. Do. We're going to, we're going to, an elitist. We're going to play our, to finish off the show, we're going to play our favorite game, which is one year contract, PTO or nada. And that, that really, right now, this is applicable because oh, if, yeah, there's a lot of guys. There's a, there's a lot of guys. And as, as Mike breaks out the Caesar scroll. <laughs> Here's the list. Let's get started. It's like it's like it's like the opening credits for Star Wars. <laughs> Episode four, a new you know, a new beginning. No, um, but uh, no, but if the season starts January one, you're going to see a scramble of player. I mean, it's going to be like musical chairs mm -hmm. uh, in terms of them. You know, oh, I'll take a one year deal at eight hundred thousand. It's like you'll. It's going to be bargain basement. It's going to be like at the dollar store, basically. But the question is, how many of these players will be willing to take a PTO to get a chance to go to a training camp, even if they don't have a don't have a chance of signing with that team because they want to just show their wares and maybe some other team will sign. But okay, so we'll, we'll I'll pull out a list of five or six, seven players here and see what you think here. Let's start with Ron Hainsey. Ron Hainsey, who played 65 games with Ottawa last year, who's now 39 years old. He's part of the return to play committee. Um, I know he's big in the PA. Maybe that's his future. Um, still was a dependable veteran defenseman who can play both sides. Didn't score a lot, but, you know, was a good tutor for young guys in Ottawa. 
Uh, Anthony, you first. One-year contract, PTO, or nada? He's a pretty prideful guy. We've had this discussion before about uh, about Hainsey. I don't think he would want to have a. I don't know if he would want to have a go PTO. He's either going to be either going to want to have a one-year deal or he'll wait it out. Russ, I'm I'm going nada in the flat cap world. I think he's reached the uh, the end of. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I think, but that's what I think. He will wait to see a team get desperate enough. They have an injury and then say, okay, here's a one-year deal. He's not going to be going for a tryout. No, I I think, I think Nada. I think he's going to end up retiring. If he doesn't get a one-year contract, he's going to retire. And sorry, sorry. And maybe I mentioned him the last time we did this, but he was somebody because I saw his name on the return to play committee. Yeah, and, uh, I think we did have this one time. I, I remember you mentioned this, and we kind of yeah. were in this area of conversation. The guys wait forever to retire. Like, they literally wait right. until the after the season that you know he mm-hmm. is not a chance of playing to actually announce the retirement. All right. Okay, uh, let's see here. I don't think we brought up – okay, I, I think this is a pretty – this is a no-brainer, but I'll but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Andreas Athenasiu um, was traded from Detroit to Edmonton failed miserably in Edmonton, was a minus 46 last year between the two teams. Uh, he was a restricted free agent, and they they uh, passed on the qualifying offer because I think it would have been over $3 million. Um, he's only 25 years old. There's a lot of talent there. Man. But it's, it's, it's late November, and he's still it's, not signed. It's twice now, exactly. The, the word's out on him. Yeah, That's so Russ, We could talk about talent all we want, but yeah. I – Russ, go ahead. You first. Russ, one-year contract, PTO or nada? I think it's going to be a one-year deal, but I think it's going to be much lower than what he was hoping. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think he's young enough that another team will take him on a one-year prove-it contract to see if he can adjust it. That's the advantage of it being his age that – Certain teams, but I will say, third go around, if things don't happen, yeah, gonna get re- it's gonna. I don't care what his age is, it's gonna start getting real tough for him to find an NHL employment. Yes, I mean yeah. he was making he was making over three. He's probably gonna get signed to a one year contract for probably like under a million, and that's yeah. that's got to be a wake up call for somebody with his talent. Yeah, I mean, I won't bring up Duclair. They either have to be, or he's gonna ship out one or the other. It's just that that's why I'm, I'm I've not been a big. I, there's talent there, but there's something with the Thinisiu right that's missing that he has to at some point either he finds it or he's gonna be playing in the KHL. I mean, well, he, had a in, he had a friend in Ken Holland, that's for sure. Well, that that that's that's the that's thing. The thing. That's the common thing. Other other organizations are not going to have the patience. He really he really can't go to the KHL because the KHL stocked. Right. I'm just saying, under normal circumstances, under normal, that would be one of the only options right. under normal circumstances. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay. This guy, um, he's been beaten around the last couple of years. Ben Hutton played for Vancouver last year. Played for LA. 27 years old. Played 65 games last year. Um, you know, he's he's big, um, but, you know, doesn't really do a lot. Right. And that's, I think, I'll go first on this one. I think somebody will give him a chance as a PTO, mm-hmm. but I can't, you know, because defensemen, you know, right. need depth on defense. But I don't see anybody going out on a limb and giving a one-year deal. No, I would say in this, sir, I would agree with you on that, Mike. I think a P- I think PTO is is far more likely at this point. Um, again, you have to have something that stands out beyond just your size. Um, you can't, you know, otherwise you're otherwise you're Chris McAllister at this point now. So it's like, you know, that's that's about it. I'm sorry, sorry to Chris McAllister, obviously, but again, he <laughs> kind of he was big and yeah, and, and hit some people, but you know. You know, it's just uh, he gets he gets an out. Somebody looks and say, "Okay, if we need a roster spot filled, we're thin on defense here." I think he has a chance of getting to an NHL deal, but I do think it's more PTO though for him. Russ, yeah, I think PTO. Okay, that's it. Um, <laughs> thanks for that expansive answer, uh, Jan Ruta, who won a Stanley Cup with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning mm-hmm. last year. He's a right-hand shot defenseman. Um, now they haven't re-signed him. They re-signed Shen. They, they, uh, uh, brought back. I wonder if Shen was the re again, that's the reason why he's sitting out there. They liked what they got out of Luke Shen in that role. And they probably look at Ruta and it's like, well, the funny thing was, the funny thing was that they, 
Ruta played, and you could say anybody could play with Hedman, but they liked he was a right hand shot. Yeah. He played mm -hmm. with Hedman a lot. They liked the way it fit. You know, he averaged over 15 minutes. Um, you know, and again, he's a right hand shot, and those are that that's a that's a, well, he's a right hand shot. We got it. <laughs> right. Well, no, I mean that, you can't you can't underestimate the fact that that those are in you know rare. No, no agreed. I mean, listen, Philadelphia so, would love to have had another right hand shot to replace Matt Niskanen. They right. So one year, there. one year contract, PTO or not a Russ. I think PTO just because of whatever team it is will give them more time to figure out if they want to actually spend money on them and create. You know, even roster spots, even you know the contracts now this year, everything's tight. Yeah. Agreed. That's that's the biggest issue there. And that, again, I, I go back to the fact again when they signed Luke Shen, yeah. that felt like that was Ruta's spot. Right. Now he's going to go I somewhere. The second half of Luke Shen's career coming. I thought he was playing himself out of the league. And you know, yeah, it depends on where you where you land in the team and if you got a lot yeah. of talent. And and again, he's in a specific role. He's not expected to be the franchise. Sorry, Mike. Uh, and you know, and, and he's not being traded for JVR and, and right. expectations are too high. So it worked out perfectly for him. Well, again, remember he's, he's a big body. Yep. He's not very mobile. He's a, he's a good seventh defenseman. He's a bottom or a bottom pairing guy. Mm -hmm. He's, he's right-handed again. That's a, that's a big factor. Um, you know, and he gives you a little bit of toughness. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, would you pay Luke Shen $4 million a year like he was being paid before? No, but at $700,000, why not? Of course, yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay, speaking of another $700,000 defenseman, former Ranger first-round pick Michael Delzato played with Anaheim last year. Um, used to have good offensive abilities. I'm not sure how much he's got left, but, again – um, you know, a veteran guy who will be who, who, if he signs, would be a cheap guy, probably would fit in as a bottom pairing or a seventh guy. Uh, Anthony, one year contract, PTO or nada? Thing is, he does have a little, there's a little bit of something there remaining, but again, it, he's got to be in the right spot, right? And, and, you know, to be effective. I don't know. Again, with money being tight, he may, he may be finding the, the market to be a little bit difficult. He's, I'm thinking he's probably he's. I think he he's going to be a PTO. If he was, I think he might have already he would have already been signed already if he was going to be in on a one year deal. So I'm going to say PTO for him for now. Right. But he may but he may get a one if he proves himself quickly. I think the one and he looks good early on. Then I think he could get a he could end up getting a one year deal. Yeah, I remember seeing talking to him in the press box in St. Louis during the Stanley Cup. But I think he'll get a PTO. He he stays in shape. He shows his workout videos. And if a team needs a DJ for camp, he's your guy. Yeah, he he went from Anaheim, got traded to St. Louis, then went back to Anaheim. So maybe Anaheim resigns him again. But uh, yeah, I think PTO. And I think ended there for at least me, Mike. Sorry, it's okay. Uh, last one, uh, Derek Broussard, Uh played for the Islanders last year. Thirty-two points in sixty-six games. Can play the wing. Can play center. Not the player that he was two or three years ago, but still a decent depth forward. Yet unsigned. Thirty-two years old. Uh, Russ PTO one year contract or nada? One year contract with somebody very late. He's he's the kind of guy you could bring in. He could do a lot of little things, and he never upsets the apple cart. I could honestly, uh, what if I, I'm not sure the Flyers are necessarily looking, but I know there have been some. You yeah, know, they're looking at forward. Oh, yeah, Philly, would, I, I could see it if they decide late on, uh, getting close to camp, that they want to have another vet. Again, if you replace, if you're again, you've already shed veterans in, and, and you got you have to get an idea early on here of your bottoms, your your centers, and your bottom six. When yeah. right now you're projecting out for Philadelphia, a player like you know Nolan Patrick, who by reports that coming out of uh, you know working with. Um, so I'm trying to remember the, the the coach that he was working with, but looking pretty decent, and maybe he's going to be ready to go. If he looks like he's ready to go, then you, maybe your third line center is set. But then you still got fourth line center, and it's you're looking at, you know, I don't think they're going to bring up. I think Morgan Frost are not ready. They don't want to put him on. Yeah. You know, there's Benjamin's a, a Benjamin's a winger at this. I, I, yeah, at this point, I could see. I could see the Flyers signing. I could see them signing Broussard to a one-year deal if they feel like they need that 
veteran in that bottom six at, at center. I yeah. could see it. Um, I'm going to say PTO, but if he goes to a team like New Jersey or Ottawa, who's got, you know, spaces that they might want to uh, have a veteran in, I think he goes on a PTO just for the sake of, you know, he's going to get the one-year contract, but they, they'll just invite him. You know, it's sort of like Mason Raymond a few years ago with the Leafs. He was a PTO, but everybody knew he was getting the one-year contract. So I think he'll get a one-year deal, but I think he could. But he might start off with a PTO, and it, and if he proves himself in short order, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, guys, great show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast for Anthony Mangione, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching, and remember.